Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And we're here with another edition of the old Church Planner Podcast. And today, we're going to go a little social media on you. We've got a special guest. Peyton, you want to introduce our special guest? It's me. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> hey, we've got DJ Twong, who is actually a social media and church expert. So, uh, DJ, we heard about you. Uh, we smelled you a long time ago, and it is awesome to have you on here, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Great to have a conversation with you guys. So, you know, we actually, uh, we're doing some cross-pollination today. You uh, had us on yours, and now we've got you on ours. And yours is a little bit more respectable than ours, which is pretty cool. So this was a win-win for us. You're probably going to talk to your agent after this and say, why did you make me go on that show? I don't know how to respond to that. I I love it. No one, no one does, man. Your, your sense of humor is going over my head. It's okay. It's okay. It, it, it tends to do that. We're, we're in front of a billion people on Google Plus right now, and I'm sure that's happening. That was the sound of that happening to a billion other people. So, uh, DJ, tell us a little bit about your uh, history with social media, um, your love for it. I mean, you're, you're passionate about this. Your uh, uh, socialmediachurch.net. Um, you've built a website. You're a prolific blogger on the subject. Um, tell us more about your history with social media and the connection between that and church and why that's so important. Hmm. Well, I, I've grown up with social media. I mean, it hasn't been around for that long. Um, the Internet probably got mainstream around 1998, 2000s. OK, so we're talking about 15 years of history. And uh, I went to college at Virginia Tech, graduating in 88, and that was pre-internet. And I think because I've 
always had an interest in technology and how people use it. I do have a computer engineering degree from undergrad. And so as technology matured and the internet came online and modems became, DSL became cable, and now we have smartphones and mobile, and social media is a part of a lot of people's lives. And it's even been attributed that Facebook would had an instrumental role in overturning the government of Egypt. So it's very powerful stuff. Yeah. Shaping not just countries, the destiny of futures of millions and billions of people. It's also beginning to change the way we do church. And yeah. so um, all of that converged. I, I also have a seminary degree from Dallas Theological Seminary. Hey, hey, so hey. my background is technology and theology, and it's converged mm. over the past 15 years as social media has matured. I pastored for about five years, but found my role to be better as a connector of church leaders. And so I love connecting with church leaders online and offline. So I'm a tr- conference junkie. I went to six last <laughs> two months. Wow. Yeah, I saw you at a couple of them. That's right. We saw each other face-to-face as well as now we're seeing each other online through Google+. Plus. Hang well, out. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned this connection between revolutions. You know, the uh, one of the, the, the interesting things about technology and, you know, moves of God, um, you can trace it as far back as um, David, right, um, in the golden, golden era of Israel's history. Um, you know, that was the start of uh, Israel's Iron Age. You read the scripture and it tells you the Philistines worked with iron and they wouldn't let the Israelites have weapons. And so they hadn't discovered iron working. Archaeologists tell us that under David's reign, roughly around that time, iron was discovered by Israel and they became an Iron Age civilization. And of course, the tide of battle was turned. Um, we can attribute that obviously to God because God says, I'll be with you. And of course, David spent time over with the Philistines. So technology and moves of God go hand in hand. Even the, the invention of the, uh, uh, the Gutenberg Bible, right? The, uh, the printing press, right? The Reformation got legs off the printed page. That was another, you could say, uh, social media, um, you know, before its day, another technology in communication that, that caused, you know, really that, that, that a move of the Holy Spirit wrote on the back of. And so it'll be interesting um, to see. And I, I love the way that you've connected that because I'm a, I'm a fan of history. I'm a fan of scripture. And as you say that, that just, that resonates with me. You know, I can see that, you know, you are, you are talking about when you bring up Egypt and say, gosh, it's powerful stuff. I can see that big time. Yeah. And so my shape is kind of always looking for the next thing. What's, what's the next innovation and how the church can better use it. And so that's why being a pastor was challenging for me because I think the uh, work of the pastor really has to be a calling um, to do the same thing over and over with with passion and zeal with new people that co- uh, constantly come and you grow old with people. Whereas I'm always looking and experimenting and, and seeing what are the new things and kind of pour gasoline on that. And so mm. all that converged for me three years ago when I was at Leadership Network, which um, serves as an advanced scout for church innovations, and they want to connect churches that are innovating and help them to multiply their impact. Yeah. And so I was, uh, I had three hats on. One of them was director of digital initiatives. Uh, I also connected with multi-site churches. But on the digital initiative side, I started noticing internet campuses with churches that are offering 
online worship. And back in 2007, I only found five. Today, I've got over 105 churches that are doing online worship uh, by providing mm. a live stream video, but also interactive elements that's yeah. indigenous to the digital natives so that they can experience the life-changing message of the Bible and that they can experience community, discipleship, baptism, and even communion for some churches that are open to those kind of things. Interesting. I like it. So yeah, what? and then I launched this podcast, um, Social Media Church, last June as a place to cultivate conversations with church leaders about social media. Uh, as I was looking at podcasting, and podcasting has been around since 2005 or 2006. Adam Curry is known as the podfather who invented it. Hmm. The uh, podfather. I like that. Yeah, and then it's only been the past year that I, uh, Apple finally uh, created a podcast app to yeah. make it you know that much more legitimate and official. And I've noticed you know more Christians and church leaders are starting to produce podcasts, yourself included. But before last year, ninety nine percent, ninety nine point five percent of podcasts were just sermons. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we have more to say than just sermons. Yeah. And uh, one of the magical things about podcasting is. It's the only social media that you can consume without using your eyes. Yeah, Ooh. the other thing too that's really yeah. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and think about that. Yeah, and call me the Podfather. <laughs> Pete, will you call me that from now on? The Podfather. Please. <laughs> can I be Podfather too? <laughs> you can be the Fairy Podmother. No, no. Oh, I'm just teasing. Uh, you can be Podfather too. I like that. But no one likes Podfather three, so that's out. Oh, I I like the Podfather three. Did you? Okay, did. all right. But anyway, what um what what are some of the the uh, ways that you see, for instance, a, a church planner can be taking advantage of social media to impact their communities? So, for instance, um, most of our church planners are not uh, they're not trying to do what we refer to as like the big launches. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're the guys that are basically doing you know either a missional community or they're really trying to get a grassroots movement. They're trying to impact those who are not saved, those who have not um, had an experience with Jesus Christ. So you know, being the social media expert, what are some ways that that you see uh, that church planners could be taken advantage of, and uh, you know, to help them reach the communities that they're in better? <laughs> Well, I'll answer it two ways. One is more of a traditional media mindset, which is social media allows you to target your advertising to very specific demographics. So Google allows you to select a geography and target ads and messaging to particular people so that you can invite them to church or you can invite them to hear a message or you can provide some practical help uh, how to that meets a need that they are searching answers for answers for. Cause one of the magical things about Google is people are searching for something. And if you can provide it for them, you've mm-hmm. got a connection. Um, and on Facebook, you can actually drill down the demographics to personal interest, ages, demo, um, mm-hmm. uh, geography, mm-hmm. um, who they're connected to or who they're not connected to. I I'm amazed. I mean, hundreds of factors that you can target your messaging more from an advertising standpoint. So yeah. rather than spending thousand uh, dollars 
making postcards and sending out mail where you get less than one or two percent response, you can you can leverage that on social media or advertising for much, much less and get a higher return. Like on Google ads, you don't pay unless people are clicking. So right. views, views are free. Clicks you'd pay for. Oh, that's good to know. You know, that's I didn't actually, that's yeah. actually really interesting, though, because um, I, I mean, I've, I've spent a, a small fortune of my own money on Google AdWords. I've spent uh, more than a small fortune on uh, my client's money on Google AdWords. Um, marketing their business, and I've actually never even had the thought cross my head of using Google Ads for the church. So, you know, expand on that a little bit deeper for me. Um, would would you just target like you know? Let's obviously our our church plants in Long Beach. So, would we target people who are looking for churches in Long Beach? I mean, is that what we would do, or is it even deeper than that? Is it going for People who are asking questions about religion, God, etc., on Google. Well, you can go both ways. Uh, it depends on the church uh, DNA and strategy of who it is that you can best reach, and and the better you can align what they're looking for and what you have to offer, the better Google likes you, and the better response you'll have from people. So I've run some church ad campaigns on Google and Facebook, and the churches I've worked with tend to be more attractional. So they're looking to just invite people who are looking for churches. And the connection is, hey, we've got a great church service. You're looking for church. Connect. And then they come. Um, If you want to meet more specific needs, then you need to generate content that speaks to that need. Because Google is still going to look at the landing page that you connect your ad to. So it's not just the ad driving them to your church homepage. You actually want to drive them to a landing page as a customized message that aligns with the ad that meets the thing that they're looking for. So there's those three pieces to have an effective ad campaign. All right. Okay. So that's on the traditional advertising side. And then more on the organic, missional, let's, let's just be um, people who love the Lord and we want to share our lives and how we've experienced an abundant life uh, is uh, telling your story. Mm. So social media gives everyone a voice. And right. I've actually, I'll send you a link to a, a blog post I wrote of church planters that were using social media well because they're telling their story as mm. they plant the church. So instead of just seeing the guy up front on Sunday morning with a 30-minute sermon, you're getting to see his a day in a life. And it, it fleshes him out. See, and that's so brilliant. We actually want you to do a series for us. I know we had, we had briefly kind of tapped you and said, hey, would you do a monthly column for us? Just something small, maybe church planning and social media. Because you are, you are kind of known as a bit of the expert on this, at least in the church planning circles right now. Your name is associated with that. For the magazine. Um, Make it clear it's for the magazine. Yeah, for the magazine. Yeah, for sure. For, for the column. And uh, so you know, what have been some of the coolest things that you've seen, DJ, uh, guys, church planners do? Like, that's cool. So they would just have somebody... Uh, uh, it would be them telling their story. What about like for outreach? What's been some of the coolest stuff? If you want to reach unchurched people, what are some of the coolest things when you're with Leadership Network or just what you've seen church planners or even churches do? Small budget now, because most of our guys, like Pete said, you know, they, they their favorite number is free. 
So they're looking to do something that's not going to cost a lot because it's probably going to come out of pocket. Um, what what's some of the cool stuff you've seen for outreach? For outreach on a small budget, boy, that that's challenging. Uh, I think churches that are using social media well um, tend to come at it from a broadcasting uh, attractional model approach. So they're using their financial resources and people resources to just drive up numbers. But I think um, what social media opens up is the potential for conversation and ongoing long-term relationships um, that, that just take time to build. Mm. So it's not that you're telling your story. You're also listening to stories of others in your community. Interesting. And, and those conversations become softer soil where you plant seeds and then in due time, they, they bear fruit. So so could you take that um, kind of idea about the church plant, which is telling his story about the church plant, could you actually take a host of people in your church plant, um, maybe like little you know two-minute testimonials, one-minute testimonials, somehow get those out through social media, maybe even on your Facebook site, um, you know, if you're targeting, and have little videos, people telling their stories, how they've been transformed, and then would there be a way, and I'm actually asking this because I'm, I'm not the social media expert and, you know, I would have to see this probably to understand it, but my brain's going there. Then could you provide a place somehow for other people to post their videos and interact with these videos and people? That might be an effective way in the community, but could that work? I think it could. Uh, it's worth a try and it doesn't cost you anything to try other than time and a little bit of creativity and you t- you two guys are kind of funny. So you know, lean, lean into that humor. Humor is a huge engagement um, asset on YouTube and social media. So people love to share what's funny and what engages them emotionally, not just their head, but very much yeah. a personal connection. But um, in terms of what's been f- uh, fun, uh, fun um, I've been thinking about this idea of how can you innovate on $0 budget? So I'm right there with you, church planters, that, hey, uh, let's let's take money out of the equation and, and look at what we can still do with people and with creativity and with technology, which a lot of Internet technology and apps and social networks are free. OK, so go to town. Let's let's do something. Now, one of the funny the funniest one that I, I recall that was done on zero budget was back in 2004. I think 2005 when YouTube was still YouTube and not bought out by Google. Mm. It was a very experimental place. There was a church plant. There we go. See a church plant in Raleigh, North Carolina called vintage 21. Do you know those guys? No. uh -uh. Okay. Well, vintage 21, they know us, but we don't know them. (laughs) Well, that's impressive. I'm just, and (laughs) well, I mean, you do have the big footprint and you're reaching a billion people through this Google plus hangout. The, Mm. Uh, they, they produced four short videos of uh, they were called funny Jesus. Okay. So I'll send you a link to those four videos. So they just took those scenes from the Jesus film and they dubbed it with a funny narrator narrative. Right. And funny Jesus had millions of views before viral was viral. Wow. And that got them a lot of eyeballs and a lot of shares and put vintage church on the map. Wow. What are so, uh, so there you go. L- let me ask you what are 
I, I don't even know if this is an appropriate question, but what would be of all the different social medias that are out there? I mean, you got Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus. Like, what should church planners not be ignoring? Or, or what do you see as like the untapped area that church planners are, you know, neglecting? Or is that not even an appropriate question? Um, you know, I, I, I don't even know if it is or not. It's an okay question. Um, uh, I, I think it depends on the context uh, and the people you're working with and the people you're reaching and connecting with. So, so uh, one thing I say is this, that social media is not about the technology. It's about the people. Mm. Okay, so when you choose the channel that you want to actively use and invest your time in, choose the channel where your people already are or where the people are that you want to reach. So if they're on Facebook, great, meet them at Facebook. If they're on Twitter, go to Twitter. If they're on Pinterest, if you have a more women-based church, that's where women tend to be. Okay. But, but you might be in a context that's inner city and you might just use texting. Right. I've heard of churches that are in the inner city that might connect better through texting. <laughs> I've heard of those churches. <laughs> yes. Nice. Sounds like a podcast we did earlier, Pete. Hey, you know, um, that's pretty, uh, to me, that is a very pertinent question. And, and, and when you talk about going where people are, you know, the one of the things that we heard, we talked to uh, Brandon Cox, and he talked a little bit about, you know, he would go, for example, into, uh, say, like Facebook. And if he were in Long Beach like we were, he would type in Long Beach. And you find all the people talking about cool stuff in Long Beach. There's people that go on there, and there's all these hangouts and little groups just about Long Beach and the cool stuff in Long Beach. And he'd filter through those. He would go in there and advertise in there or even join the conversation in there and just drop the church, you know, drop the name, drop links to it in conversation with people. And it takes a bit of work and, and a little bit of creativity, but it's a great idea. So, so that's, I mean, for me, that's a way of thinking to do outreach, right? You, you're not, you're not chasing after church stuff. You're just going, Hey, people in Long Beach, you know, and people are asking things like, where do I get a good hot dog in Long Beach? Where's Otis's chicken and waffles in Long Beach? You know, where's free stuff to do for families on Saturday in Long Beach? eventually it's going to come up. Hey, is there a good church around here? And, um, and he's going in there and he's anticipating that. Here, here's a, here's another question for you. I, you know, with all the marketing stuff that I do, in fact, I, I was having this conversation before, um, we ended up doing our, our podcast and uh, I was talking with a client of mine and we were talking about social media. And I personally, with all the marketing that I do, I hate social media. I mean, I, I truly, Truly hate it. I hate it you because can't say that to DJ. No, no, no. Did, did no. you say the word hate? You hate social I media. I do, but I hate it for like me. Like I don't want to do it. Like I'm not. I'm not. That's like telling your wife you hate babies. <laughs> you can't say that to DJ. I tell my wife all the time I don't want another baby. I told her that last <laughs> night. In fact, I didn't say Get I hate off him, me, woman. I, I didn't want another one. I don't want another kid. I don't want another kid. But um, no, I, I hate it from a standpoint of I don't want to do it. Like, I love Facebook, but I don't want to actually type anything on Facebook. Like, I just like reading Facebook for whatever reason. So I, in the case of my client, I'm like, look, we need to match you up with someone who can help you with this because I'm not the guy. Like, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to help you do that. That's not my strength. Mm, but um, That's a good point. 
Which is not to say I don't think she shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I'm not the guy to do it for. So no. my, my question is actually this. Is there a social media platform that as you look at it, DJ, you're saying, you know, this is actually, you know, not a good use of time. Like, I'll give you an example. Google Plus, they have been trying so hard to get the world on Google Plus because they're ticked at Facebook, that Facebook is so big. And I still look at Google Plus and I'm like, it's stupid to me. I don't get it. I, I totally over my head, but it's because I'm not a social media guy. I mean, it, it could be totally valid. MySpace, right? The the godfather of social media. Isn't it like practically dead by now? I mean, is there a social media that you look at and you're like, I wouldn't even mess with that? Uh, don't don't bother with MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Friendster. I never even heard uh, of Friendster, so that's an easy one. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> yeah, Pete. So bust out the tracks. So I'm not. I'm not sure. There's um, one comes to mind that's like dying on the vine. But um, is Google Plus actually used by people? Yes, there's certain niches of people that do use Google Plus. We're using Google Plus Hangout right now. But see, to me, that's different. Like, we're using it to communicate with each other. I'm not ah. using the, the social media side of it of, like, posting like I would in Facebook. But that's also because I, I enjoy Facebook. I, like I said, I enjoy reading it. I just don't like writing. That's what social media is, is people are communicating with people. That's what social media is. I know this version is live, and most other versions of social media are not live. Well, can can I ask you a question? Because I'm kind of yeah. scared. Um, Pete and I do this on Google Plus. Like every week, we do our podcast on that. Um, and I pick my nose a lot. Does that mean every week that we're doing the podcast, a billion people are watching me pick my nose? Is it always public? No. With you guys, maybe not. But... No, it's not. Okay. We Good don't Pete. we don't make ours public you know, when we record. I can't stop picking, dude. I just can't. So we gotta we gotta keep it like that. Game over, man. It's game over. I want to. I want to hear the the righteous but one. Talk. Here's here's the thing about the um, different social networks. They uh, tend to attract, or they tend to be a home for different kinds of people. So for Google Plus, it's photographers, it's techies, it's marketers, particularly yeah. digital marketers. Uh, yeah. Those probably those three uh, types of people are the strongest uh, active there. There's a pocket of people that are kind of organic disciple making home church kind of people. And they have a weekly hangout yeah. chat kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a small pockets of Christians, but not very many. So pastors are cool. rarely there LinkedIn pastors are not there. It's the yeah. least, it's the lowest number of professions on LinkedIn. Plenty of marketers, plenty of other business professionals and that other kinds of work, huh. but not pastors. But then again, you're church planters. You don't want to reach pastors, although your church planting magazine and podcast wants to reach pastors. Yeah, no, we're we're poor church planters. We definitely want to uh, meet businessmen for sure. We definitely want those Especially guys rich ones. paying attention to us. But but yeah. you know, um, you you raise a good point. You know um, about all these different social medias, and I I liked what Pete said. Where you're like, dude, I hate it, right? Um, I was kind of the same. Like, I hate talking on the telephone. I cannot stand being on the telephone. I can handle tweet because my sense of humor, usually I have some wicked things to say and I like to tweet out a bit. Um, it's an easy way for me to promote and just kind of 
bro. It, to me, it's like when you're a kid and, and, and now I know I'm using it wrong and DJ is going to tell me off. Remember when you're a kid and you'd like go out in the backyard and you'd like take a wrist rocket and you'd like fire a rock up in the air and you knew it was going to hit a neighbor's house somewhere. You just didn't know where because that thing lobs stuff like 200 yards, right? So as a kid, you couldn't even think 200 yards away. You didn't know how to calculate that. You just knew somewhere a rock was hitting somebody's house, right? Now, I know none of you were delinquents, right? But Not me. For, for me, that that's what social media is like. I'm lobbing that stuff out there. I know it's going to hit somebody, and I'm hoping that it's, it's good. Yeah, baby. But but the reality is, you know, here's the thing. I like what Pete said, and then we'll have to wrap up because uh, this is one of our shorter podcasts. These are our daily podcasts. But I like the fact that what's come out of this for me, the takeaway is, I don't got to be the guy just because I'm the church planner that's going to do it. I like how Pete's saying, hey, I leverage that. So maybe church planner, if you're looking at uh, doing social media, find a guy like DJ in your church, man. Don't think, oh, I'm the church planner. I got to be the guy strapping myself to Twitter or Google and doing it. Find some like, you know, hipster kid who's like, you know, he's into that. He has a mustache and he wears flannel and skinny jeans. Find him, have him do it. Whoever Whoever's in your church that digs on social media um, I don't think you necessarily have to be the guy, although I'm sure Ray, uh, uh, DJ would tell you that it, it, it's going to help you. But, you know, anyways, uh, hey, that's all the time we got. DJ, we dig on uh, the fact that you're so into this stuff. Keep pumping uh, the rest of us dummies with this stuff because we need to hear uh, who's innovating and what they're doing. So, again, if you want to uh, get in touch with um, DJ, um, you can go to socialmediachurch.net and check out what he's doing. Awesome. Great connecting with you guys, Pete and Peyton. Awesome podcast. Love being a listener and guest. All right. Well, thanks for coming, man. Hey, this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you that if you want to reach the ones that no one's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Game over, man. It's game over. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music.